0: Hello and welcome to the Gridiron Crew podcast. I am Danny McVeigh and I am joined by a panel of absolute gentlemen. We have the only king in the north, Brian the Brown Donlan. How are you, Brian? Oh, I'm very well. It's uh, it's great because it's the bye week,
1: so everyone wins on bye week. This is like the one week where I know for a fact the Browns won't ruin my Sunday. So (laughs) I'm delighted with my life right now. It is the Browns, though, let's face it. They've always got the potential to ruin everybody's Aye, Sunday. I'm saying at least at least I'm not a
0: Giants fan when some of my star players get injured on bye week. <laughs> Sorry, <Nah>. Murdoch. <Mirdle. laughs> Next up, we have the Weather Girls Supervan. We have Scud. It's raining men, Coggle. Scuddy, how are you doing? How's your weekend, mate?
2: I'm going, bad Nah, good weekend. Good football all round. Um, oh, football all Saturday and Sunday. Right.
0: Good football all round, are you sure? I'm just about woke up through that snooze fest that was Pats versus Colts. They won, that's the most important thing. That's true, that's true. Last, but certainly not least, Canada's finest export since Putin and uh, Tim Hortons. Stu, Tiger, Blood, Bell. So, right, Stu, I'm not going to ask you how you are. Everybody just wants to know, did you take Keith's advice and start mixing, or were you left
3: crying into that magnificent beard? I did indeed start mixing in my fantasy or uh, well, in our fantasy league in our dynasty, and yet I still managed to lose, even <laughs> with, with record oh. points team.
1: <laughs> there you go, there for everybody. Everybody listening to this, guys, get to the Twitter and let us know who else could possibly be in the position in fantasy land that they started Joe the Machine mixing and lost.
3: Jeez. That's too- I have to uh, say, how much, how much did I lose by? Hold on, I'm just checking that right now. So live on air, let's just go to the, the results. What did Studs beat me by? Right, live to Sportscast with Stuart, as we see the, preferred the results results coming in. in. I lost by 1.14 points. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I've got <him. laughs> it. Was. Oh, if I've I've stopped wondered, to I stopped Trevor Lawrence about. instead of Kirk Cousins, I would have won. Oh, t- <laughs> At what point did the bench mixing just pull on for the game? Time. <laughs> towards the end of the third quarter, like I, oh. he, I mean, the thing is, he was actually on for the, I think he had five touchdowns total, four rushing, one uh, reception, and if he got one more, he would have tied the NFL record for most touchdowns in a game. So I'm kind of surprised we didn't put him in, but uh, I'm guessing the plan would have been that if uh, we'd ended up back in the red zone, we maybe would have threw him in towards the end of the match just to see if he could have got that last one. But I, I do appreciate that we're more concerned about resting our best players when games are out of sight rather than uh, risking injury, especially considering right now we are five and four. And uh, going into the bye week, it's a good time to get healthy, seeing as we have all those injuries on the defence um, or defence. As you guys say in Scotland, I'm getting totally Americanized over here. Um, but yeah, we we have a tough schedule running into the end of the season, so uh, it's still going to be a bit touch and go to see if we can make it out of the north, which is a lot more competitive than I thought it would be. Well, we'll, we'll get into that. Zach Taylor still screwed
0: you, mate. That's where I'm going. <laughs> right. Well, in this pack show, we will be recapping the top five games from week nine. And since, well, by my count anyway, we are now at the halfway point of the season. So we will do a mid-season review and give our playoff predictions. But just before we get started through all that, I'd like to throw a question out to the panel. And since Halloween has only just passed, that was last week, I'd like to know, panel. I will start with you, Brian Donlin. Who's this who's the scariest player currently in the NFL? Right. I've been thinking about this one.
1: And I'm gonna I'm gonna some some facts and figures about this player and we'll see if any of you can guess who it is. Now the opener is that it sickens me that this is who I've actually picked. So you can read into that what you will but this player is a former defensive player of the year, four time pro bowler, three time first team all pro. Throughout this player's career, they've led the league in tackles for loss and QB hits. And there's one other stat that I'll give you if you can't get it for that. Any guesses? Play Any guesses to do this? Yeah. The man from Canada gets it. TJ Watt. The, the last stat was going to be the... T.J. G. G. <laughs> TJ Watt, yeah. TJ the Watt, stealer. sorry. TJ, not JJ. Yeah. Uh, yes, it's why it seconds me because he's a dirty stealer. Um, he's also tied the single season sack record back in uh, 2021. Uh, he's terrifying. He is. I, I'm delighted that he's not played this year. Sad as I am ever to see a player go down and get injured, the fact that the North hasn't had to worry about facing him has been fantastic. He's terrifying to see you line up against you. You know for a fact, whenever he's on the field, your quarterback runs a serious chance of a fist in the face. Well, there's <laughs> so, I
3: mean, my pick: TJ Watt. Well, terrifying. TJ, what I will say that the Bengals did still have to face him this year in game one. And uh, we all remember what happened in that game. We lost. Exactly. It's so it probably terrifying.
1: just,
3: yeah, like you say, it's just as well that he's out for the rest of the
1: season. Uh, I swear, have you not um, activated him? Is he not coming back?
0: He'll be back soon. Yeah, he oh, he's, he's not he, out. He he out for the yet. Bengals
3: after the bye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, <Fantasic>. <laughs>
0: Um, right, Stu. Who's yours? You must have a scary player.
3: Okay, I'm going for another defensive player. Funny how defensive players are the most terrifying. I think it's because, especially for a Bengal, um, we're always a little worried about our lack of our ...line Maybe being a little porous <laughs> and people getting to borrow. He has been injured in the past, but I'm going to go with someone. Um, I'm going with Jadavian Clowney, which at first I was going to choose Miles Garrett because obviously Miles. He has that whole error of terror or that aura of terror around him. But uh, Clowney, for me, I find even more terrifying because the man's just an absolute mountain. And he's still, he's actually quicker. Or obviously, he may have been when he was younger. Because I just I pulled up there his 40-yard uh, his dash time. So Garrett, Miles Garrett, was 4.64. Clowney ran his in 4.53. Seconds, and that's a six foot five inch man that weighs 255 pounds. So, like, if you've got Garrett coming at your line, you're trying to protect from him, then you have Clowney coming from the other side, you've got no chance. Your quarterback's getting wiped out every single time. I think double that's ball. the hard part for why Burrow ended up on his arse so many times last time we played against you, Brian. Like, you, you've got a, probably the best tandem in the league, I would say, on your defensive line. <laughs> What about you, Scud? You thought I won.
2: Um, to me, I'll go the opposite end of the ball for a chance. You talk about um, defenders. You're looking, don't you're not looking forward to play them. But for me, defensive defensive linemen and everything must terribly terrified of the king running at them. He's a machine. He just runs through Derek Henry. Just plays through him. They let them know there. It's odd. to me, I wouldn't like to get a hand, a stiff arm for him because it would be like a punch for Mike Tyson. I think just take you clean at the game. But I can't. Eh?
0: To me, that would be my, my scariest player. That's a good shout. We've all seen what he did to some of those DBs in the leagues over the years, isn't it? because Steph are right out of the park. Uh, I was going another offensive player. I'm going with Tyreek Hill for obvious reasons. The cheetah, fast as lightning, always wide open, and obviously, uh, you know, civil partners and you know, people who live with him are also terrified of him. I'll for the purposes Definitely of the. the
3: team <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry, I had to bring that one down a bit. It's a bit of fun. Really honest, Tyreek. Don't come after me. Yeah, we we we
1: all know that Tyreek is a loyal listener to the show. So, uh, Tyreek, this one goes out to you, mate. <laughs> hey,
0: Danny, uh, I'm pretty sure Tyreek would catch you as well. I'm built for blast. speed, mate. I'm built for speed. <laughs> The receding hairline—that's that's an airfoil right there. <laughs> it down down the <laughs> right, we'll move on. Right, uh, that was fun. Right, well, uh, on the headlines, the big news came out uh, on Monday, Black Monday, or I wasn't even Black Monday. Well, before there, but Frank Reich has been fired as the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, yeah, a surprise, Stopped. shocked to my very core. Scud, we mentioned it in the Tuesday show last week, just after they fired their uh, O.C. Brady. Uh, we said, is this the the last act of a desperate man? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> a lot quicker than I thought it would be,
2: to be honest. I didn't say it would last the season, but I didn't expect it to be one more weekend, but definitely had to go because there's there nothing happening there at the Colts.
0: No, I think everybody's seen that game at the weekend. It was an absolute shambles. Nine sacks... It was that they went zero and 14 and third downs, fewest and you know, few yards or whatever it is in 25 years of the franchise. Ugh, yeah, it was, it was horrible for them. But it, is there any sympathy for him given the fact that he went through, he was there for four and a half seasons, seven starting quarterbacks from Andrew Luck to Jacoby Brissett to Brian Hoyer, Philip Rivers, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, Sam Ellinger. Is it anyone did they ever stand a chance? You need you need to feel sorry for him to an extent.
1: Think to think back to the preseason. Think of the buzzler was around the Colts. Matt Ryan was in that offense, was going to be absolutely humming. Pittman was going to be a top, top wide receiving option. Jonathan Taylor was going to destroy the league again at the running back position. And they've well, don't know, Jonathan Taylor's been hurt. Um, but they've they've just massively underperformed on basically every side of the ball. They've just been so poor. And there is nobody, not a
3: single analyst, not a single pundit, not a single bookie that's seen that coming. Yeah, I mean, I would say in terms of like on every side of the ball, they have struggled defensively. They actually still have been one of the better defences in the league. The problem comes in that they are getting absolutely nothing from the offense, whether it's Ryan this in, or whether they put me in at quarterback, um, they're just the O-line seems to have fallen apart, which was the big surprise to me, because I looked at them and thought they had one of the, at least on paper, better mm-hmm. O-lines in the league and that's where I thought, oh, Matt Ryan, now in, you know he's getting older, but I thought playing on that team with the, the O-line that they supposedly had would be able to put up numbers You know, I didn't think he was going to be Matty Ice from five, six years ago, but I thought maybe this is like a Stafford from last year type situation and Yeah, Brian, I, would, I, like you, was sold on Pittman. I thought he was going to yep. be a outstanding performer this year. Lots um, of fantasy shows. Yeah, the only thing that makes me go, maybe Ray doesn't deserve the sympathy, is that uh, supposedly, and this is maybe an allegedly thing again, he was a big <laughs> part of the asking for Wentz to come and be the quarterback. And he was uh, he had a lot of input into that trade heading into that summer. So I don't know. I, it, we all knew looking at Wentz and where he'd been. Yes, when he's good Wentz, he's great. But he hasn't been good Wentz for quite a long time. And I think the injuries have slowed him down. Yeah. And for that reason, I don't really but, feel any sympathy for him. Sorry, Frank. Don't have
0: how, how much of an... When you kind of look at that list between Brissette and Hoyer, and obviously Luck was an awesome talent, but also decided to retire. The Ryan that we've got, Elling, Wentz is... Probably the best of that bunch. Agreed. You know, I I just look at it and go, well, what, what did they stand a chance? You know, you're talking about the O line there, but I think it's the most expensive O line in the league. They pay them the most amount of money. Should be better than that, but is that you coaching? Should be better. Yeah. I, 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 I take deep offence
1: that you are uh, besmirching the good name of Jacoby Bissett, the Browns' leading quarterback.
0: <laughs> you're forgetting who drafted him, boy. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the point. Right. One one more question. Or one more question to you, Scotty Chris Ballard, is he next?
2: Should be, because his biggest principle is uh, having a good O line and D line. So if he's not got he's got no an O line and spent all that money in draft picks of all the cap on it, should he still be there if it's not performing? That's his big that's his was his philosophy. So if it's not working, he shouldn't be there either. Personally.
0: Because that's the or- caused a full problem. Well, the Oracle has spoken. Chris Ballard, he'll be getting his P45 next. So, <laughs> I'd like, the big... I'd
3: the like big... to throw out one other option, Danny. As right. Well, just quickly. Kingsbury and the Cardinals. I, I feel like he's maybe going to go next just because, again, heading into this year, much like Indianapolis, um, the Cardinals had a lot of buzz around them. The, they were signed a new deal with Kyler Murray. Uh, he was going to watch some video and then he wasn't going to watch some video because he would get to just do his own thing and sign his deal. Um, there was a lot of buzz around that team, even with D-Hop, you know, with suspension for a bit that they would be pushing and they were going to be one of the best teams in that division. And uh, in the end, what are they sitting at right now? It's a record. Yeah. Listen,
1: all I'm going to say is that Kyler has clearly been watching a lot of video and I will stand up for the, for the boy and say he has been watching video. It's all been Warzone two footage. But he has been watching video. Uh, but, you yeah, know, the cards are not in a great record at the minute. What are they sitting at? Oh, I can't even find it quickly. They're sitting fourth in the division. Um, they're, they're bottom of the table. So, the end of the day, it tells its own story. Uh, but, yeah. There no, Three and six.
0: There you go. There you go. Yeah. But, no, you're, you're definitely right there, I think. It doesn't make sense to obviously just sign them up to a big extension. Uh, in the the off-season there. So, you know, do they need to take a chunk of humble pie and give them the boot? Well, we'll see. See how the rest of that, you know, the year plays out for them. See if Kyler and uh, D-Hop can can, kind of combine and try and lift their uh, kind of season a bit. But just, we'll just draw a line under the Colts There's obviously only one man in everybody's lips. As soon as that news come through, every thought, bang, straight away, this is the man to take over the Colts and lead them to the promised land for the rest of the season. And that's Jeff Saturday. I'm reasonably certain
1: the bookies had me
0: above Jeff Saturday in the odds. (laughs) Hey, this is the man who went 20 and 16 with the Hebron Christian Academy, I'll have you know? Don't you besmirch that man. Now, you can't do it as a player. He's in the coach ring honour. He was like a four-time All-Pro, two-time first team, two-time second team, six-time Pro Bowl, or won the Super Bowl. Does that make you a good head coach? He could be. He could be, you know, the next coming of, play Bill Belichick or Bill's here. So maybe not the next one. But you know what I mean. But he definitely doesn't have the credentials for it, does he? No. This is one but he will... Yeah. How how long do you
1: give somebody like that? You know what I mean. Like you like to think that a coach that's been put in particular head coach, um, that you know you give them it's like the old for like the soccer ball analogy. You give them two transfer windows to build their own team to get it all nice and set up into their own image and all the rest of it before you judge them because they're dining out on their experience. <laughs> this yeah. guy's get no coaching experience. Beyond, sorry, beyond his prestigious time at such and such and such and such and such high. <laughs> he's get, so you know what I mean? If they got if the, the season continues the way it's been going for the Colts and they keep getting pilloried, the offense remains anemic. Is he gonna be the person that's here next season? No. Are they no, gonna look somewhere else? He's auditioning for the job now.
2: If he does, if he can put some performances, he might get it. But if he doesn't do well, he won't be in the job after the summer,
0: guaranteed. One word for you, Stu, and this one. This word comes with a question mark at the end. Tank? Is this just a tanking job,
3: allegedly? For the Colts? Um, pick up one of those yeah. nice I'm gonna, quarterbacks. I'm going to yes. say yes, they are tanking now. Are they, they've they looked at it and decided the season's over. So, yeah, let's just get the best draft pick we can. Not to say they'll phone it in every game, but I would say they're not... They know they're not in the playoff running. Yeah.
0: Right. Well, I think that's a good place to draw a line under the Colts, because let's face it, they're done for the year anyway, so we'll, we'll move on quickly. Right, key games to review. First up, we have Brian Donland, one of the, the shocks of the season so far. We have the Buffalo Bills, 17, the New Je- I mean New York Jets, 20. <laughs> Yeah, it,
1: good game. Uh, I thought I enjoyed it actually. Um, I need to say I absolutely loved it that they slipped in the opening kickoff. I love, <laughs> I love starting <laughs> the game. Like, oh yes, this is this is great. Uh, yeah, no, so that was funny. Um, but then you know they, they started. The Bills look good out the rip. You know, what I mean, huge big reception. He digs. Allen comes out and just does what Alan, or what we are used to Allen doing. Bump, big ball, straight to digs. And then again, Alan steps up, big ball, straight to a defender. And then it all started to <laughs> unravel a wee bit for the Bills. Um, yeah, you know, although to be fair, for the, the, one of the next times Alan's got the ball, he does run it in for the opening touchdown. So making amends a wee bit for the pick. Um, some of the bits I really enjoyed about the game was the, uh, as, as I'm now dubbing it, so get this one uh, trademarked, ready to go, the um, Wilson squared connection. Wilson to Wilson and the Jets. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, Garrett Wilson up there were eight receptions, nine targets for what, 92 yards? That's no bad going. 11 and a half yards per reception. You know what I mean? No bad shakes at all. That bodes really, really well. Really liked a lot of um, Apart Zach Wilson throws. Well, yeah, we don't talk about that. I'm oh, sorry, we will not <laughs> talk about that but you will my head. Sorry. A um, lot of sidearm stuff for, for Zach Wilson which I really liked. I, I like a sidearm throw and he was making a lot of it work. He was getting his reads off quickly. He was moving the ball fast. Um, Moved into second quarter, what a nice big run from Carter. You know what I mean? Life without Brees. Um, We were all really sad to see Brees go down. We talked about it in a previous show. He's electric, but somebody's got to step up. Uh, What, Carter, 12 carries, 76 yards, and a touchdown. And Cheeky wee reception for 10 yards. No bad shakes. You like to see it. Um, You've got... Alan again, legs, legs 11 for another Russian touchdown, which to be dead honest, we'll talk about at the end, it's those two Russian touchdowns saved his day in terms of fantasy football, if not real football. Um, you, you know, we then we had the Carter touchdown and Jesus, I'd never seen a hole that big in a defensive line in my life. I could have walked that touchdown in that Carter got. Um, I, Well, maybe defensive linemen are scary. Uh, I could have thought about running it in. Um, Yeah, we move on. Then, doink, the bells of doom. Right on the half. Chance to put a field goal in and doink, nothing happening. It just comes straight back out. Move on to the third quarter. Wilson squared again. Lovely. 21 air yard pass. Delightful to see. And then, I love it because I love trickery in the NFL. The Jets going for a cheeky wee fake fourth down punt and they convert it. It's fantastic. Fourth down conversion. Um, even better that everything's going up. Here comes the punt. That's that drive. Down. Oh, no, it's not. Here we are again. Jets keep the ball. Keep it moving. Um, the drive didn't end well. Um, <laughs> it's a big strip sack before Miller ended it. But <laughs> yeah, it looked good. Um, up to that point, it looked brilliant. Um, but, but... Then Allen got the Buffalo sauce. Get that one trademarked. Get that one in the papers. The Buffalo sauce. He can add it to the cheese sauce. Sauce Gardner doing sauce Gardner things. He's looked fantastic all year. Um, Level Allen, end the drive. <laughs> and in the notion of players that I've been saying are great who are interesting. Garrett Wilson, trying to... Forgot he was playing in the NFL. Thought he was playing in the NBA. Uh, Starts trying to dribble the thing up the field. To be fair, to be fair, it didn't end the drive. He did recover it. He just threw it in the ground first. Um, and then, yeah, we actually, to be fair, for a game that was looking really, uh, it gets really tense. Bills pull it back just at the start of the fourth tied game. Then, <laughs> one bit of commentary for the game that I enjoyed it was uh, what, seven minutes 50, Jets on their own four yard line. Elijah Moore in motion, not been targeted today. Well, he's not been targeted in about five weeks, so I don't know why he would start to <laughs> see targets today. Uh, I've no idea what that man has done, but he's clearly upset someone deeply. Um, and then, yeah, it moves all the way down the field. We get the big um, big sack. Jets get their field goal. Uh, and then, yeah, we move. Big, big play. Josh Allen, here it is. Make your money. Minute and 30 or so on the clock. Can you drive downfield? Touchdown gives you the win. Gets there and huge pass to Diggs. Offensive offensive holding. Moves him back. First and 20. Gets it to second and two. We're on. We're going. And then he gets levelled. Moves it all the way back. What? Third and 21. And then he just scrambling about. Knackles it. Scrambling about. Knackles it. And then at the end of the day, that's it. And a big, big bit that we've got, Josh Allen, to be fair, give him huge, huge credit. Uh, I don't know who caught his post-game interview. He was asked, you know, what happened today? You know, hard to take or the rest of it. And I'll uh, I'll apologise now for some fruity language, but it is a quote. It's hard to win a game when your quarterback plays like shit. He owned it. He owned his performance. Came away with what... Uh, 18 completed passes out of 34 for 205 yards, two picks. No, yeah, he get 86 rushing yards and two running touchdowns, which is nice. His passing game was horrendous. The much-maligned Zach Wilson, ah, no, he got 18 completed passes as well, but he only chucked 25. Only 154 yards, but he did get a touchdown. He didn't, didn't turn the ball over, so nice to see my last one in this game, when you look at it, you look at the stats at the end, see, obviously, the, the, the QBRs, quarterback ratings for them both 64.3 for uh, everyone's favourite, Josh Allen, to 76.4 for Zach Wilson. Okay, it's right, reasonably close. Then you look at the passer ratings. Josh Allen's passer rating in the day, 46.8, to Zach Wilson's 101.1. End of the day, the Bills knackered it. Jets stepped up. Great game to watch. Sauce Gardner was incredible, particularly. The Wilson squared connection was brilliant as well. And okay, Zach Wilson. Wee bit of a rookie slash system quarterback in our run-heavy team. Yeah, but he's looked decent. But at least he he did on Sunday.
0: I enjoyed it. That Jets defense is legit. That's what I took away from it. Still not convinced about the offence. I still think they're going to be limited by Zach Wilson. He did some nice stuff. There's moments he could have just hoofed it up and made the picks that we saw against the Pats the week before. But he kept his composure, just did the simple stuff, did it well, kept the ball moving enough to win. But is that the really as legit? Salah's got them playing. The Williams brothers are superb. Sauce in the backfield, yeah, they're, they're, they're a force. If that defence can keep on playing well, they, they've got something to build on there, but I'd always just have the big question mark. Is Wilson the man?
1: What is it they say about defence wins championships? Well, that seems like a bold prediction there, Brian. Uh, I'd say they could be. I
0: definitely think they'll be about in the postseason. Right, How far well, they go, well, Who we'll, knows. we'll We'll come to that in the next section, right? We'll not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> right, we'll move on to the next game. That's one I was watching. Packers versus Lions. Packers 9, Lions 15. Start with this one. It wasn't pretty. It just was a horrible game. We'll start with the Packers. Shambles. I'm not going to spend that long on this one because Rogers looks completely done. He looks uninterested, pissed off. The whole works. He went 23-43 of 43 for 291 yards, one touchdown and three interceptions. Now I'd, I'm i going to give him a wee bit of here and say only two of them were awful by him. I'm sure the first interception he actually threw off the face mask or off the helmet of a lion and popped up in there and Joseph was there for the interception. His first a two. Then there was that awful play. Fourth and one. You've got the double-headed monster there, AJ Dillon. You've got Aaron Jones there. You have receivers. Okay, they might not be the greatest in the world, but you've got Watkins, you've got Lazard, you've got Tonyan still in the game. Who do you pick? Of course, you go to your left tackle, David Back What in the name of God were they playing at? Just a wee dink over the top, easy peasy, Aidan Hutchison up, bang, snaps out of there. I'll take that ball clean for you. Just acts of desperation. I don't see why you even call that play. It's just awful. Now, kind of go the other side. Oh, the, the third interception. I thought it was a lovely play by uh, the DB. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Joseph. I forget his first name. Uh, that was lovely. But just go back to Rogers. He did make some lovely throws. He had Alan Lazard um, all day, who had some great plays as well. There's that one he broke free from the, the DB scramble down then. Down the, the right hand side and just get pulled down right before the goal line. I thought it was a touchdown, but obviously they say he was down before there. But if you take out Lazard, who had a touchdown in 87 yards, the number two receiver was tight end Deguara. who yeah. exactly that that's I I take Kina Read where like, where he, he come from? But Overall, his decision-making was awful. He was missing wide-open receivers. It, it, it clutched times stuff. When You saw Aaron Rodgers in previous years just absolutely slaying it. Ball his team out, get them out Go on these runs where they'd end up 13-3 and three. He's no making those same plays He's got no trust whatsoever In this offense They're ranked 25th in red zone Percentages completion They're, they're just no delivering They couldn't even run the ball at all Now Aaron Jones went down injured in this game So from my fantasy point of view That's no good But So uh, Rogers actually led the team It was four rushes for 40 yards shows they're just complete shambles. They're one of the most penalized teams in the league as well. So I call I always bring when I see that. I'm on coaching. You know what they've been coached? They look ill-disciplined, poorly coached, and this has been a tough year for Matt LaFleur. so Sarah he goes there. On the line, some good stuff in defense. They they stuffed the run well, i like just getting to put out They put the shackles well in the passing game. Again, as I've mentioned, there's probably no need to get into that. They probably should have done another two turnovers. Uh, they were able to actually force the ball out, force a fumble, but they touched the ball as they were getting out of bounds. So it just uh, fumbled fumble that bounds and they could obviously get the ball back. So that was unlucky for them. Probably could have done a wee bit better play there, but fair enough. It wasn't pretty on offence. For a team that is ranked number, or was in the early season ranked number one, uh, at the start they struggled to move the ball they only told 254 total offensive yards but it was enough to get the win against those lowly Packers and end a five game slide so yeah fair play to Dan Campbell and the team you know is after watching Hard Knocks at the start of the year I think everybody sort of rooting for them to do well Dan Campbell always a likeable guy but yeah, Jared Goff's not the answer. He's he's done. But a nice wee touch in the story. I don't know if you've seen it, but there was a uh, Shane uh, Zilstra. Zylst- Zyl- Sorry, Zilstra. That's a fair name for a Ouija to say. Caught his first ever NFL touchdown uh, for the and score just before the half. And he celebrated Wee's brother Brandon. Both were called up from the practice squad, and that was the first time they
3: ever played together. So that was a nice wee moment to round off the game. Hey, Danny, Brandon Zylstra, uh, I watched him play many times for the the Oaks in Edmonton. Yeah, He was, I the, have. He was the CFL uh, uh, passing yards like uh, leader in twenty. I want to say twenty sixteen or seventeen. And then he moved to the NFL and he transferred to the Vikings at first because I think he's a, a Minneapolis boy originally. And I actually got to see him playing uh, special teams for the Vikings against the Seahawks in Seattle as well. So it was a, a nice Edmonton connection there.
0: Yeah, I think yeah, I was, was, I was happy
3: for the Zelstras. University of Minnesota, I think he was
0: out because that was only, his, I think he's a second year player. From Shane, no Brandon uh yeah so tight end only playing his eighth game so that was a nice get his touchdown with his brother on the sideline i would all like to do that so yeah that was it as i say it wasn't a pretty game packers stick a fork in them they are done and so are the lions any other comments on that guys or are we happy to move on because
3: to be honest it was a shambles the but only I- thing I would, the only thing i would say for green bay um Maybe it's a good thing or maybe it's a bad thing, depending on which way you look at it. Um, there's a guy I follow online called Ben Baldwin who does a lot of great work, uh, just comparing stats and kind of looking at different data sources. So there was something I was looking at earlier on, and it's uh, basically comparing uh, pass protection grades, like given by ESPN and PFF. In um, Green Bay, their pass protection, like from the roll line, is ranked fourth in the league. Uh, Baltimore and uh, Cleveland are miles above everyone, then it's the Eagles are pretty much in exactly the same spot as the Green Bay Packers so the problem that's going on with their offense uh, at least in a passing game is nothing to do with O-line if anybody wants to start bringing that into the conversation so it's uh, definitely resting on the the soldiers the shoulders of the wide receivers and the Alaska however you pronounce that, Ayatollah Mr. Aaron Rodgers so that's where the the problems lie. So but at least they have that whole line that they can maybe build on for next year. Well do, if you ask Green Rogers, Green it's all sorry.
0: No, do Green Bay draft a quarterback? They should just piss off Roger Rogers even more. It seemed to get a reaction last time they did it. So maybe that's yeah. that boost again because he's not gone anywhere with that contract.
3: Nope. Yeah. And love hasn't looked good in the games he played either. Not saying he won't get there, but uh he didn't look good when Adams was there, and he stood in for Rogers last year or the year before. So, yeah, I think draft another quarterback. Well, so Rogers is what thirty eight now. Same age as me just mm-hmm. me, but no,
0: he's handsome. Anyway, right, we will move on. Vikings twenty, Commander seventeen. Take away Skid.
2: I well start talking about the Minnesota Vikings, the Cousins revenge game. Um, it, was a, it was a good game to watch. It was back, but I didn't think the Washington were going to come into it, but. Minnesota, I'll go on to wait let them into it basically. It was a game that saw Adam Thielen become the third highest patch catcher in franchise history behind a certain Chris Carter and Randy Moss. So a good milestone for Adam Thielen going along quietly. And one other big thing from the game was T.J. Hawkinson could have got a better first start with Minneapolis if he could try. Nine catches, 70 yards. Quite impressive, only six day with the team since moving through Detroit on Monday. So that was two wee takeaways at the start of it, but the Vikings looked good at start. Um impressive 70 yard, 78 yard drive straight off the bat, finishing me a nice pass to Justin Jefferson, well taken in. But unfortunately, for the next for the rest of that quarter and the next two quarters, it was punt, five punts and an interception. <laughs> so they'd literally nothing going again till the fourth quarter. It was pretty
1: Electric uh, offense. Yes. <laughs>
2: They found it in time to take it over the line after they went down. Um, but fourth quarter come back. Um, Kirk Cousins moved the ball down the thing but down the ball field well. Um, a 47 bomb a uh, Justin Jefferson set up the field goal, taking first score behind Washington. And then well, the, the defence played well all day, I must say that. But they'd only one takeaway. And God did it come in the right time for Harrison Smith, just after they got that field goal interception took them back, I think it was 20 yards out, and then a beautiful pass for Cousins to Dalvin Cook, who had a horrible game in the Russian. Horrible, they couldn't run the ball at all, the Vikings, but a wee pass in the wheel route out to um, Dalvin Cook, took them back level. So that was the the Vikings, basically only played basically a quarter of the football, but managed to do enough to beat Washington. Washington, I think, beat himself at the end of it. There wasn't one big massive mistake, but there was mistakes here and there. Um, th- there was one where um, Justin Jefferson was kept quiet for most of it, apart from the thing, they, but a bad pass interference, put the ball down and got them into the field goal range for a score. Heineke, with that interception, like I said, was just, was going nowhere apart from um, Harrison Smith, who just read it well, jumped and cut the, cut the route and jumped right in. And then a, a penalty when they were going to the left with we one minute 55 in the clock to try and come back and get a field goal to tie the game up for the, I can't remember the the, the, the player again, sorry, two seconds. seconds. Um, I have not the guy's name, but he, a guy jumped to line, touched the centre and then basically gave them a penalty and the Vikings just basically ran into the O-line and stopped just to run the clock out. Took it down in like 14 seconds and then that was it, all she wrote. Um must, from Vikings winning this has now taken me a four and a half point leading the division, which I believe is the biggest since 2011s when the 49ers held a five-game leading the division. So the Vikings have really only got this division to throw away, if you ask me. So to me, they have definitely got to be seen them in the postseason. And the play of the match, there was either some nice plays in offense and defence, but the play of the match must be for the referee throwing that block absolutely priceless. Um, it looked like it was an interception all the way, but to be fair, that, the, the, the bumping at each other, yeah, that happened, but what Samuel had done to get into that end zone was hundred ridiculous. What a play, the way he just spun round, jumped up before him get touch him was fantastic to watch, but all in all, it was a good game to watch. Um, the Vikings are just keeping, everybody, keeping it close. You think they should be blowing teams out of the water, but it doesn't seem to be their style. I'm two, sure two, two certain members are um through will be happy to tell us that it's always like that watching them but it was interesting
0: to watch and good to see they got the result at the end. Yes, yeah, seven and one doesn't they lie they roll on with Kirk Thuggins at quarterback there. That was you like that. Uh, Daddy Kirk like that. just <laughs> using sexual appeal there weren't they? <laughs> Anyway, right, we'll move on to the next game. Stu, tell us all about Dolphins 35 versus the Bears
3: 32. Well, the first thing I have to say was uh, in the preview show last week, I predicted that the uh, Dolphins were going to have the defensive performance of the week. (laughs) Uh, I figured with everything that went on trade-wise for the Bears and the fact that, you know, their their offense can sometimes splutter a bit. Uh, I thought, yeah, there's... With the Dolphins adding in um, you know, a few bits they added in Chubb on defence, I thought, you know what, this is going to be the game where they just steamroll the Bears offensively and the defence does enough to maybe hold them to 10 or 12 points. Well, I couldn't have been any more wrong and uh, I was as way to the mark as a, I guess, week seven or week eight Zach Wilson deep ball, seeing as this week he actually looked pretty good. I had that joke written out before this happened. And uh, then Zach Wilson played pretty well, right? So. <laughs> Still had to get it in, though. Uh, but, yeah, no, the game was a complete barnstormer. Uh, it was what I would call a tale of two quarterbacks, where both quarterbacks were outstanding. Um, Tua, 21-30 for 302 yards, three touchdowns. uh, a passer rating, 135.7. Um, Fields 17 of 28 for 123 yards. You know, not as much, and I'm rating 106.7. But the big thing for Fields, as we all know, uh, he's threatened it before in flashes, but on the day it was his legs 178 rushing yards in total. And that actually broke Michael Vick. You remember Michael Vick, guys? We yep. do, we do. Yep. Michael Vick, he had the dogs. record before. Yep. Yeah, he, had, uh, he had a bit of the dog in him, didn't he? <laughs> and, a, and a bit of some dogs and his dogs, I guess. Um, we can say this, this isn't allegedly. He was actually prosecuted for this. <laughs> so the one team that one time the legal team are on board. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, Michael, Michael Vick, yeah, his record, uh, just to bring up the Vikings again, uh, record for 2002, 173 yards against the Vikings as well. So they, they'll be happy to know that they no longer have that against them. Um, so yeah, like I would say overall though, like the, the Finns started well, they you know, they roll out, pick up, they stalled out in the first drive, got a field goal, and then the Bears came back, and the story of this game for me was just the fact that Justin Fields started to run, and we've done it again in flashes before, but this to me was him really showing that he is the best quarterback, or at least potential-wise, that came out of that last draft, uh, you know, other guys have done kind of well in spots, like Matt Jones, obviously, with the Patriots and that. But Fields on Sunday put that team on his back and said, OK, Dolphins, I'm going to stick with you. It doesn't matter how many points you're putting up here. I'm going to make sure that we do something to stay in this game. So like as the game went on, yeah, he managed to bring them back from double-digit uh, losses, what, twice? Nearly three times. Um, they came back twice from it. There was the blocked punt. That, uh, by Phillips and Van Ginkle that ended up with the, the Dolphins got up 21-10. So then from there, Fields played a huge ball to Mooney and then uh, they, they kind of brought it back to four points. Then Waddle restores the 11-point lead and then the legs of Fields take over. He goes in a 61-yard run where he, was, he looked like, I mean, to me, he was as fast as a young for Christie and probably as agile <laughs> as an even younger for Christie. I I I just can't believe how quick he went and the agility as well and the awareness because you saw him he was looking for the pass like he he stepped up in the pocket and he's you know to me I'm looking at going he's going to throw that deep but nobody was open and he saw the seam and he just went for it and uh, I know we talk about like Lamar being able to go and he can but I think Fields is maybe going to challenge him in the next year or so for being that out out and out rushing talent as a quarterback. And I think he has a better arm, but it's maybe just me and my bias against the the Ravens. (laughs) But, yeah, on other sides of the ball, uh, yeah, the Thins, they were good. Tyree Kill, 143 yards, a touchdown. Jalen Waddle, 85 yards, touchdown as well. Wilson, uh, it was good to see him kind of getting in, you know, new new guy traded uh, from San Francisco. He's walked in, hardly any practice this week, but knowing the system and all that was, seemed to be kind of easy for him and uh, he'll be one to watch going forward. The most interesting thing about that for me was both, I'm just checking this to be sure if I'm right. Yeah, both Wilson and Woster, they both had nine carries each. Um, Woster obviously rushed in the, the short touchdown for them. His longest rush was 14 yards and he only had a 2.9 yard per carry. Wilson was actually 5.7 per carry and his longest rush was 28 yards. So he already looks slightly more effective than Mostert, but we know that both those players, they can be a, a good tandem. They've done it before in the past, so why not now? Uh, for the Bears in terms of rushing, they struggled there, obviously with the exception of Justin Fields, but <laughs> for the their running backs like Montgomery and Herbert, Herbert's been good this year, but he was held to only 3.3 yards per carry. Monte got most carries after Fields with 14. Uh, Fields was on fifteen. Monty just doesn't look the same kind of thing. He's, uh, he's long been a favourite player of mine because he has that whole uh, record for having most yards after contact. Uh, but I wonder if he's just worn down by a few years in Chicago and having no line He's looking less explosive now. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, the player with the most yards per carry, or well, first is Cole Komet, but second highest, and he only got one carry, was Chase Claypool. Uh, of course, he didn't do very much. But he was the other big trade, ty- or the big, you know, big trade to the Bears at the deadline. There, um, he was targeted six times, only managed two receptions. Uh, but the one thing I would say is his stat line could have been even better. Um, he was there was a kind of deep ball thrown towards the end, and, and the Bears' last possession, where I actually think maybe he should have drawn a flag uh, because he was held. Also, if the pass gets completed there, then Claypool would have had a bigger gain. Um, So he's a guy I think they can work into that that offence now, and it's given Fields another target that you can rely on. Uh, Mooney, obviously, he just kind of did his thing. He seems to be the the best option there as well for them in receiving. But, yeah, overall, I would say positive for the Finns on their D. Wilkins looked really good. Again, Chubb is there now. Um, We maybe didn't make that much of a difference so far. The negatives, yeah, the DBs are maybe not – they're still not holding up kind of thing, and that's the thing that makes me worry about the Dolphins moving forward as we head towards the playoffs. Uh, Are they going to be able to do it in the postseason when they're going up against the best of the best? Uh, On the Bears' side, Kyler Gordon, he really struggled in the defense, but I kind of put that down to – just rookie defensive backs being rookie defensive backs. And the fact he was clearly being targeted because I think there was eight balls that were thrown his way and he never managed to stop one of them. But that's when you're dealing with Helen and Waddle, that's going to happen to the best of us. And I guess all rookies, they can't all be sauce. But yeah, on the whole, absolutely, you know, really exciting game to watch. And I was glad I got that one rather than uh, some of those... Uh, I guess, the more boring the Colts game, (laughs) as an example.
1: (laughs) I'll tell you, my two big takeaways I really enjoyed uh, for the the finns Bears game. uh, One, and this is just really surprising, that is Tyreek's first touchdown since week two. Like, you know, don't be wrong, we can all just go look at the stats and find that out for ourselves, but when you hear it and you see it written down, you're like, really? Particularly if you're a, I'm not, unfortunately, but particularly if you're a fantasy owner of Tyreek, well, He hasn't needed the touchdowns to produce points when you're putting up over 100 yards more often than not. It just shows um, the the effect that he's having, even without adding that to his game. And I'm just going to slide in here and just rain on the Justin Fields' love-in before it kind of kicks off or continues. It's worth remembering that one of the big takeaways for that game was that emerged that Justin Fields is basically uncoachable and he won't listen to coaches' feedback he was explicitly told by one of the coaches to stop scrambling now that coach was Mike McDaniels um, but that is not the point <laughs> he was told <laughs> to stop scrambling by a member of coaching staff and refused
0: yeah it's uh, yeah what a cracking game thoroughly enjoy watching it offences on top that's the type of football we like to see right We'll finish up the key games with the Rams thirteen, Bucks sixteen. I am going to basically use this as an opportunity to bow at the altar of Tom Brady. Brady throws <laughs> a touchdown past the, a rookie tight end, Key Otten, with nine seconds left. Bucks in a three-game losing streak, and pretty much kills the Rams' playoff hopes as far as I'm concerned. No, okay, he was the master. He's it's always the master of the two-minute drill. This instance, he had 44 seconds to do it. Goes five for six, 60 yards. Bang, game-winner, done on his back. But the GOAT did set some records as he is doing this one. First player to surpass 100,000 yards. Round of applause for Tom. It's uh, absolutely well done, Tom. Well done, fabulous. Tom. 55th game-winning drive of his career. He matched Peyton Manning's fourth-quarter comeback, 43. That's tied for the most ever. The guy's ridiculous. He's just the greatest. And I love you, Tom. Right. That's so, right. We'll go off with that. Just a kind of quick touch on the actual game itself. I thought it was a bit of a breakout for Kay Doughton. He's been kind of creeping up in the last kind of couple of games and he went for five or six, six to eight yards and a touchdown. Standing, I to think he could almost be this comfort blanket that Brady's longed for since Gronk. Retired, yeah. He's always had somebody all the way through New England. They always had these favorites. He would go in. obviously Gronk for ten years was the man. Uh, and but he's always liked these these big tight ends to target. So it's good to see that, and i will be interesting to see how that progresses and see if that can sort of that relationship can kickstart uh, that offense going forward. Seattle next in Germany for the Bucks. So hopefully I can. Well, I'm saying hopefully because that's going to come up for something. My bold. Prediction for the rest of the season was I'm going to pick the Bucks to go to the championship game. But I think they can build up a bit of momentum and you know, you kind of really rule them out when Tom Brady's there, especially in that NFC South. But they kind of keep on relying on Brady to throw the ball 58 times again, and they just need a bit more from that O line and that run game. I'll move on briefly. I'll touch on, I'm not going to dwell too long anyway on the, the reigning Super Bowl champs because they're not going to be the reigning Super Bowl champs for any longer. Bit like the Bucks, pretty much offensively inept. Take Cooper Cup out of the equation and they've got absolutely nothing. And Cup is banged up, remember, with that ankle injury. So we'll see how he mm. goes. But well, we've said it previously on here. We don't need to keep on being about it. O-line is absolute honking, the run game is non-existent. They're just they're just awful to watch, you know, for a, a, an offensive mastermind like of Sean McVay. You know, is it starting to take a toll with all these coaching changes, all these... Uh, Head coach, uh, all these OCs and DCs that are starting to go away. Brandon Staley, Vic Fangio, uh, what's his name up in Minnesota? Uh, Kevin uh, O'Connell up there. You know, is, is that starting to take a toll on them with that constant changeover? It's obviously, defensively, they're always going to look good. They've got Ramsey, they've got Donald, and that's they're always going to keep them in a game. But you know, and you should think holding a team to 16 points should be enough to get you a win. Uh, they didn't, so oh well, it's Cardinals next at home for the Rams, and we'll see how we go there. Again, I'm willing used to just stick a fork right in them. And out. So what's that? The Super Bowl Blues. Yeah, that's it. Uh, which it's not a bad thing. to see, I'll, well, I'm saying that you know after 20 years of watching the Patriots sort of dominate, but it's nice to see new teams come into the uh, the Super Bowls and mix it up a bit. Right. We'll quickly move through it. mid-season. You know, nine weeks flown past. I Can't believe we're here already but we are. So, just quickly, Brian, start with you. What's been, the what division has been the biggest surprise for you? What one has actually shone through when you thought it would be a, oh, a disaster, to be honest? Like,
1: oh, Jesus, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Uh, we have somehow, somehow, went from the NFC least to the NFC beast. How in the name did that happen? Um, it's, in terms of divisions, yeah, I mean, there's some kind of ups and downs and surprises across the, the league, but yeah, for me, got to be that one. Every single team looks competitive. Uh, yeah, even the commanders on their day, they look good as well. So yeah, for me,
0: NFC East. It's good. Any arguments? No arguments
2: at all. They stole my pick there, but that was definitely the exact same as what I think. I didn't see the, the records coming out of that
0: division at all this sure. year. Yeah, it's hard to see past that one, but Special mention for me from the AFC East. I think, you know, when you're looking at all teams were winning record there, you know, when years gone by, you know, the Bills, the Jets, and the Dolphins were a bit of a, a you know, shambles. It's, uh, it's good to see that that's a strong division again. Okay, Stu, what division has been the biggest letdown this year so far?
3: I have as a toss-up between two, uh, but I will choose one. So I've got it between the AFC West and the NFC West. And I would say from the AFC, at least the Chiefs have a winning record and the Chargers who have disappointed me in many ways. But the thing is, is they're still winning. So even with all the injuries and everything and maybe the play sometimes not being what you want or the play column being a little, uh, you know, not quite there, they're still sitting five and three. So for that reason, I'm going to say it has to be The NFC West, uh, I mean, within that, the Seahawks are obviously a pleasant surprise, but I can't see them winning the Super Bowl. And the Niners have done really well given their schedule. and the fact, Lance went down immediately. Um, They've got a few other injuries. They've picked up McCaffrey now. That might help. But for overall division, you've got LA, who we just discussed, Super Bowl champions. People had them, or some people had them, repeating again this year. Uh, Arizona, another team that people were touting as, oh, they could maybe put, go on a run this year. They've been absolutely terrible, again, as we discussed earlier. So, yeah, as Danny said, LA, they have, like, the second lowest points for in the entire league. which was something I noticed last night when I was looking at these numbers. And, yeah, their defense is still fairly good, uh, but there's at least nine that have like, less points scored against them, and some of them have played every single week and haven't had their bye yet. So that's another thing that kind of, another black mark against LA where, yeah, their defense is still decent, but it's kind of starting to head towards that middle of the league thing rather than being a top three defense.
0: Yeah. I think we're all in agreement there. I think we're seeing the NFC East on the way up and the NFC West in the way down. Right. What, Brian, what teams have been the biggest surprise this year so far after nine
1: weeks? Right, I'm going to say this because I might have been discussing it with the one, the only Scud book prior to the show, and he pointedly, pointedly refused to acknowledge this. it has got to be the New York Jets. I find that I'm really enjoying watching them. When they had Brees Hall, he was brilliant. always love watching a rookie doing well. Um, yeah, I've been loving it. They were an absolute tire fire last couple of seasons. <laughs> they were one of the... the from a Browns fan, they were one of the joke teams in the league. Um, and yeah, they're playing really, really well. Nobody would be surprised to see them in the postseason this year. Um, so yeah, I'm going to say biggest pleasant surprise uh, of the year for me is going to be the New York Jets.
2: I must say, I enjoy watching them only when i play playing the Patriots and we keep on beating them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right well, my pick for in there Seattle Seahawks. Nobody's seen that coming. Gino, Gino. Stock. where are you now? Right. The teams with the biggest letdown, Scud?
2: Um, as I picture, you've already touched the Packers, so I'll just go for the Broncos, the team that was supposedly a quarterback away from a Super Bowl team again. have been absolutely horrible to watch. Can't kind of move the ball or do nothing. Even their defense was as good and it's good, good parts, but even then they're starting to get, get bits away now. You see that with the trade of Chubb to um, Miami. So, nah, they're, they're a, a massive disappointment for me this year. Well, the big at
3: the beginning of the year. Right, Stu, give me a counter's point to that one. Uh, I mean, I would agree that the Broncos have been a massive disappointment, but I will say what another team, we don't even need to discuss this anymore because we've been talking about them for the entire night here. The Los Angeles Rams, to me, they are the biggest letdown. <laughs> down. They went from champions to possibly competing for uh, you know, a top three pick if the season ends up going any worse than what it is. Stu just hates teams for LA. He hates the Chargers. <laughs> he hates the Rams. Well, they, no, like anyone on the Chargers. West Coast. I'm, I'm coming round on the Chargers. Like, I was down on them. But the fact that they are sitting five and three, I have to give them some props. I'm saying, you know what? They're making the best of a bad situation. So, for me, Rams, the, you, you go from winner to worst. It's like You should at least be making the playoffs the year after you win the Super Bowl. I mean, who did they lose? OBJ, who was injured. They still have good receivers. They should be up there. And then, I guess they lost Von Whitworth. Miller. The that oh, is, yeah. was Whitworth the thing that was actually Whitworth's making them Because the that's oh. what it seems like to me. Right, They've lost Von Miller, so that's a big mess
2: of them.
0: We'll move on. Yeah. Prediction time. Right, division winners. I'm going to read out mine, and you guys can tell me if you agree or disagree. Bills start with the FC. So in the East, the Bills. Yep. In the North, I'll come back to that one. In the <laughs> South, the Titans. Yeah, the west, yeah. yep. the Chiefs. And the North.
1: I'm going to disagree with the South. Sorry.
0: Uh, well, Okay, we'll come back to that then. Yeah. Uh, the North, I'm going with the Ravens. Right, so tell me, who else in the South? Who do you fancy there, Brian? Jags don't know why. Gut feeling. There's Jag. no real logic
1: to it. There's no real stats to it. I've just got a gut feeling. I see a, right.
3: I see a, a mid-season Brian, comeback coming. Brian, I nearly put Jags and then I looked at their schedule for the rest of the year and I went, nah, it's going to be the Titans. Like The Titans are still too far ahead. I think those yeah. wins in the bank are going to prove crucial. Right, but, so 75%
0: yeah. is agree with those
3: winners. Only Brian is yeah, no, the same. No, no, I have the FC East. I have a difference. I have All the right. Dolphins. 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 Even with, oh, even with the defense, I'm saying Dolphins. It uh, is time. Entirely because and I'm basically just being a bit mean here. It's because I fully sign up for and I do not dislike this team. I just sign up to the belief that Bills fans can't have anything nice. <laughs> <laughs> they seem to have to <laughs> and I mean the Bills should win that division, but I'm just gonna say Dolphins because history showed me that whenever the Bills think they're getting there, it doesn't happen. And as a Bengals fan, I can really relate. So, yeah, that's my right. difference. Uh, and I have the Bengals winning the North, though. Right. Yeah. Uh, what were you, Scud? What um, your thoughts? Exactly Agreement?
2: As, I'm across the board on you, that one, mate,
0: Nice one. Right, move to the NFC then. NFC South. No, I'll leave that one. Go NFC North, Vikings. NFC yes. East, yeah. Eagles. Yes, I'm going NFC West 49ers. Yes, Yes. NFC South. I'm going Bucks. Yes, yes, yeah. Cross the board, cross the board. Your
3: wild card teams then because I completely agreed with all of those. right, who's your your wild card? Not in any order, just the three you think will make it.
0: AFC, Dolphins, Chargers, Bengals. Yes,
3: (laughs) I have Bills, Ravens, Jets. Okay. Remember, a Dolphins in and Bengals in, so they, yeah, know. yeah, so it's just the Chargers, the Bells not it, even
1: me. Right, I'm gonna go Dolphins, Dolphins, Chargers, Browns. Homer, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, see us, I see us doing okay the rest of the season. Bills are gonna cuff us, but I can see you know, we've got another easy winner against the Bengals that would come. On that, did you
2: see the news about (laughs) it? Well, you do um... that every
3: single time, I can't argue, Brian. There's like literally nothing I can say until we finally beat you, maybe in two years' time, when we finally get a good roll line.
2: Did you see that about the Bills, that Josh allen has been evaluated for a UCL injury in his his Mm -hmm. elbow and his ligaments?
1: Yeah. Who's
0: even second on that depth chart behind Aran? These predictions are pre-injury, right? So I'm just putting that weak <laughs> caveat. Out there, you know? So when it comes back, when they're bought me the FC East, that's the reason, why. <laughs> right? <laughs> NFC wildcard card teams. I am going with Seattle, Dallas, and the Giants. Yes. I am yep, going yep, yep. for three teams from the NFC East. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, complete. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Totally. Nice one. Well, how often does that have? right? <laughs> that's lads. Yeah, that's so a.
3: I Not, can't wait till like absolutely none of those NFC predictions come true. Because <laughs> <like> uh. <laughs> that is the way. Right, that has been... Uh,
0: that's it. That's us. Wrapped up another week, another podcast. So that's it from us, guys. Much appreciated. Thank you very much for listening. Be sure to give us a rating. Again, love to hear from you all on social media, so please find us on Twitter. It's at GridironCrew. That's Iron is I-R-N-C-R-U for crew. Drop us any questions, predictions, or if you just want to slag our picks, we'd love to hear from it. Keith and the crew will be back on Friday with a week 10 review show. Until then, I'm Danny McVeigh, and from Brian, Scott and Stu, thanks very much for listening.